The legal views and content expressed on the following program are provided solely for informational and entertainment purposes. They do not constitute or contain legal advice. How's it going, everybody? Welcome to the show. You are listening to the Break the Business Podcast. I'm Ryan Carella, and it is a pleasure to have you here this week. I'm joined by my co-host, Dave. How's it going, Dave? It's going good, buddy. Yeah, man. This is episode 44. I know. It, it, it's so funny, too. It's cool. And, you know, I know you, you love when I bring this stuff up, right? But guess what? Episode 44. You know how 44 is significant today? How is 44 significant? Car 44, driven by Lewis Hamilton, who just won earlier today the British Grand Prix in Formula One racing. Good job, Lewis. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, screw you. <laughs> I mean, like... You, you got to usually ease me in. If you're going to do like Formula One talk, which you know is going to zoom over my and most listeners' head, like, uh-huh. you got to zoom. Oh, wow. I didn't even realize I did that. Uh-huh. You got to ease me into it, man. Like, let the, let the episode run for a little while. Like, don't just. There's no easing, with- Ryan. This is Formula One, the pinnacle of motorsport. If you'd like to get in touch with the Break the Business podcast, you can rate, review, and subscribe to us. And I know after that initial exchange, you're like, man, I got to get to know these guys better. Oh, yeah. Um, you can, yeah, iTunes and SoundCloud, send us a rate, review, subscription. We'd very much appreciate it. Follow me on Twitter at Ryan, K-A-I-R. Where can they follow you, man? At MetalDave85. You could, it's funny. You, you almost forgot to mention your, your, the rest of your Twitter handle. Is it weird that for a brief moment, I actually forgot the name of my Twitter handle? You know what my dad said? What? Because it's funny how my dad now is on Twitter and following you and me. Can we talk about this? Well, this is on. adorable. Well, okay. Okay, no, you know, say your thing first, and then we'll talk about well, your dad. Whenever on he Twitter. sees your thing, he he automatically apparently there's an airline in I think like Scotland or Ireland called like Ryan Ryan Air. Air yeah, yeah. So whenever he sees it, he thinks of like that, like you're, you're, the, the like shitty Ryan Irish K. airline Air. that everybody hates. Wow, that does fit you. Ah. Also, because you're 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 part Irish, right? Yeah, Irish yeah, and yes, Scottish. Yes, yeah. I'm, I'm part Irish. Yes, and pe- people do not like you. Oh, do they have do they have bad customer service? I don't know. Well, I've never I've never flown. Ryanair is sort of famous for they're like sort of the Spirit Airlines of Europe. Like oh. they've actually tried to patent technology to a, to uh, have people standing on flights. Oh my god! To uh, you know basically to cram jam them in. more people in there. Yeah. That that's okay. Ryanair. So basically, in Europe, when you think Ryan, you think crap. That's right. So is that why maybe break the business is not taking off so much in the EU? That's that's right. Yeah. Yeah. North America, we're doing great. Asia, surprisingly, doing great. Uh-huh. Europe, I mean, except for Ireland. I oddly enough must be my Irish connection. It's probably more likely JP Collio. Yeah, it's, it's JP Collio. It's nothing to do with but, the EU. Yeah, the other con- the other countries not so much. Get on it, Europe. So, but yes, your dad. Yeah. This is adorable. Okay. I mean, if you're one of these listeners out there who have, you know, complicated relationships with their fathers and, you know, you're dealing with some stuff, like, you just need to turn off or just skip ahead for the next 30 seconds because you're going to get so jealous. Uh-huh. Your dad is, like, your biggest fan yeah. and has created a Twitter profile because you're Metal Dave 85. He just created the Twitter profile Metal Dave's Dad. Yeah. Basically, he's your biggest fan now. Yeah, and you know he, he's 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 following the podcast closely, and he's rooting for you. And I mean, how adorable is that? Yeah, yeah. Thanks, Dad. Love you. <laughs> yeah, he keeps on like saying like I'm, I'm rooting for your son. I mean, my God, if this if this idiot over here can do it, I mean, why can't you? Oh wait, I wasn't supposed to tell you that part. <laughs> Sorry, no, no, no. He he loves you too. 
Yeah, man. Yeah. Uh, he's very cool. Um, so Yeah. So you anyway, yeah, you're at Ryan Care. That's right. That was a very elaborate way of saying I'm at Ryan Care on Twitter. You can uh, like the Break the Business Podcast on Facebook. Just search Break the Business Podcast. You can email us at breakthebusiness at gmail.com. You send an email to us. You can email us questions if you want us to answer something, either music industry, entertainment law, indie music, or pop culture related. Just send your email right there. If you just want to write mm-hmm. something funny to us. Um, just to make us laugh or say hi, that's the place to go. We, yeah. a- we actually do read that email, believe it or not. That's breakthebusiness at gmail.com. Coming up in the next segment, we are very excited to have Omar Velasco on the show. He's a terrific indie artist, the guitarist for another one of my favorite artists, Dave, A mm-hmm. Fine Frenzy. Mm. And he's now on his own, uh, doing his own uh, work. And he's going to talk to us a little bit about sort of how do you make that transition. Like there are a lot of indie artists out there who are in bands Mm -hmm. and maybe sort of have their own voice and want to be able to say their own things in music and maybe want to, you know, do some solo stuff. And they need to figure out the best way to navigate that, maybe without alienating other relationships, but still being able to have your own unique voice. And Omar is going to talk about right. that experience and play some of his music, which is awesome. I, and when I was listening to his stuff, I definitely feel like Omar has a Jose Gonzalez vibe to him. Now, if people out there aren't, don't know, Jose Gonzalez is this really cool uh, solo classical guitar, classical guitarist, Guy and he actually his some of his songs have been featured in the like the Red Dead. Just Redemption. said Red, just say Red Dead Redemption. Redemption That's soundtrack? what everybody knows. Well, and, and also the Secret Life of Walter Mitty. Yes, yes, man, that was a mediocre movie with a spectacular soundtrack. I love that movie. I mean, it's, just, it's okay. Like, well, like it spoke to me more yeah. just personally as opposed to you. Yeah, Mister, everything's going good for you. So, so. you you want some <laughs> you want some Secret Life of Walter Mitty trivia? If, I, if, if you really did like, I mean, I woke who up, doesn't, right? I, I woke up wanting nothing else. So, I mean, since you are an appreciator of this movie and perhaps the only appreciator, um, you might actually dig this. Do you know who was originally cast or who was originally eyed to be the lead to play Walter Mitty in The Secret Life of Walter Mitty? Are you referring to this version or the one that came out back in like the 50s with uh, Danny Kay? This version. Oh, OK. Um, this would have changed the movie radically. Change the movie radically. Well, I mean, it would it would it'd be it'd be it'd be interesting. Ooh, oh, okay. In that case, oh, Sylvester Stallone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm daydreaming all the time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> or or okay, no wait, Hulk I Hogan. Work for Life Magazine. Hulk Hogan. No, come on. Let me tell you something, brother. No, you don't stop the Hulkster when he's daydreaming. Hulk, you're not. That's not your name in the movie. The Hulkster is always the Hulkster, brother. Your name's Walter Hulk. <laughs> no, come on. Like, play the game, all right? It's oh, okay, not, it's okay, not okay, Sylvester right. Stallone or Hulk Hogan. Like, <laughs> okay. I can't believe I know this. Like, you're, like, this is, like, you like this movie more than I do, and somehow I know this. Sean Connery? <laughs> I work for Life Magazine, yes. It's the last <laughs> issue. Really have to make it count. <laughs> Sean Penn's here, too. Hey, Sean, isn't it funny they cash both of us with both names? Sean, Sean, stop talking to him <laughs> when we're rolling. <laughs> You have a different name in the movie, Sean. And how come all of these like people that we have casting don't understand that they're actually playing characters and they're not themselves? Is it Mel Gibson? I mean, that I mean, that would have been that would have been a crazy guess. No, the answer is Jim Carrey. Oh, Jim Carrey was originally perceived as the person who was going to play Walter Mitty. In I the, can see it. Yeah, it would have been interesting. I mean, but that's funny now because I feel like the, okay, well, if it was 1990s Jim Carrey, it would have been very broad. <laughs> You well, know. yeah, no, this would be like more like 
uh, eternal sunshine of the spotless mind, Jim Carrey. More subtlety to it. Yeah. Yeah. Not talking out of his butt, Jim Carrey. Yeah. Not not liar liar. The pit is blue. The pit is blue. God damn, pit is blue. Uh, yeah. Exactly. Um, so all that's meant to say, we're excited to have Omar Velasco coming in in the next segment. Yeah. Oh, that's right. That's where we started. Boy, we're we're we're, um, we're talked to Tangent City over here. Yeah, my this God. is a geometry class. Um, but before we bring him in, we have got oh, a couple topics to talk about. Wait, sorry. Nothing. No, 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 no. You know what? No, no, no. Wait, you're right. I'm sorry. There you go. That just shows how little you pay attention. No, because I was already. I, I was. We do this a lot, you and I. What? And, and maybe like you know, it's it's a communication thing, which surprises me because you're kind of like my kindred spirit in this world. Uh-huh. But sometimes we do this thing where like I feel like I have the 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 jumping off point to move into the next section. But then that's right at the point where you realize the amazing joke you want to tell about geometry, mm-hmm. and then our wires get crossed. How do we fix this? This is problematic. People constantly tell us, oh, you have such great chemistry together. You guys really work well together. I'm like, oh, I don't see it. I know. Like, I don't see it. The train comes off the rails multiple times. Like, we're completely out of sync. I mean, the train comes off the rail multiple times, Ryan. So Ryan, can I move, can we move to the next topic, or do you have has anything joke? interesting happened to you within this last week? Why, yes, my dear friend David, with whom I'm always on sync, in sync. Damn it, God, what's? We should just pack it in this week. You know, what we should just say at this point to the audience, bye, bye, bye. I'm not hitting the damn button again. <laughs> so yes, this this week we had an author event. For book for uh, break the business, I forgot the name of my book. Oh, not nice. we. Business. Okay, that's nice. Well, Thank you, you you were there, yeah. and as I predicted about this event, having you there, people wanted to talk to you. People were well, coming up, like people. No, were, no you you were pe- people wanted to meet Dave. I no, I was this mingling. Was, was I was cool. I was mingling and meeting and greeting and doing stuff and talking to people. Yeah. But you were the one sitting at the table afterwards signing. I didn't sign anything. Yeah, that's. I mean. But like, but but but, I, did, I feel like you were the real winner of the night. Like people got me to sign their books, but what's that worth? Like, oh, you know, whatever. Some guy who's gonna, you know, nah. No, we we were both the winners. That's that's what I like to hear. But yes, we had an author event for it was the launch event for the book. Mm-hmm. I mean, launch the books up been out for like five months, but yeah, it was soft launch, and now but we this, have the hard. But you know launch, what? But this but, this was a major event because books and books is a is a big. I'd probably say the biggest independent retailer book retailer in south florida oh without a doubt i mean they're 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 very well known and um we basically got to sort of see that firsthand by just the, the sheer fact of people that were walk-ins yeah they were on like the books and books email list newsletters whatnot or people like and totally on you know sometimes asking oh so how do you know ryan like oh i don't i my mother told me i would like this or i was on the list of men and i'm like oh this is great you know that was a welcome surprise yeah is i i wasn't worried about there being a turnout just because I knew that with like my giant Irish Catholic family plus my coworkers who I was able to yeah, you know, yeah, arm those, twist those are into good getting number there. of your coworkers. Yeah. Like I knew that it was gonna be a, you know, like it wouldn't have been an embarrassing turnout regardless. Yeah. But the sheer number of just people that we didn't know, people who, as you said, were walk-ins that, you know, were on the books and books mailing list or that they, you know, they saw the calendar invite in the Coral Gables newsletters or things like that. It mm-hmm. was it was cool. Yeah, that that was amazing. And, you know, even we had a we had a big shot. Yes, we did. We had a. Oh, this was this was crazy. Yeah. Um, so I'm at the after the event. I'm signing books. Yes. And one of the guys who walks up to me is an, a big figure in the Florida Recording Academy. Like yeah, yeah. The, the Grammy branch for Florida. 
And when he, when he introduced himself, you know, as being affiliated with the Recording Academy, I thought I was a dead man. Uh, so I actually was talking to him before he got to you. Yeah. I was I was mingling with him and talking when he said like he was the president of like yeah what is it, like the recording academy yeah, for the state of Florida. That's right. I asked him, oh okay, so are you here to congratulate him or are you here to kill him? Right, because my <laughs> the talk I gave was much like the book, not particularly nice to record labels, mm-hmm. and I figured that you know Florida Recording Academy would have a lot of like record label involvement, and so yeah, I thought this guy was going yeah. to kill me. I mean, I thought it was a little over the top that you had like David Geffen there and you punched him in the face to illustrate your point. I really appreciated him, you know, taking the time. Nice guy. Nice guy. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, he couldn't have been a better sport about yeah. it. <laughs> David Geffen. Yeah. Um, Wait, does Geffen Records still exist? No. Is, or is that, is that, is that, is that way back? Maybe. Okay. I don't know. I don't know. I think the joke still works. You can sit like that okay. or Clive Davis or yeah, something. But, okay. Um, but, nice guy. Yeah, no. Guy. But, but he walked up and he said, look, you know, like I thought, like, are, like I, I asked him, like, oh, my God, are you really mad at me? <laughs> and he said, no, like, I, I really appreciate the things you said. And it was you know really good stuff. And, you know, he couldn't have been a nicer dude about yeah. it. So it was cool that he was there. And OK, and this was cool, too, mm-hmm. is what I discovered is about a little bit of the ways into the presentation. Right. That uh, Pitbull, Mr. 305, uh-huh. tweeted out. That my that yeah. I was doing the book launch. That he, was that was. <clears throat> oh damn it! And I didn't know he was doing that. I had no idea, and I hadn't checked my phone uh-huh. at all from like the moment I left the house for the event until about an hour after I signed the last autograph. So number number of hours have have yeah. Uh, so like away. I didn't know what was happening, but you know, Pitt's got twenty two million followers. Pitt's got twenty two. You're so wow. What? Pitt's got twenty two million. This is followers. this is what we call him here in the three hundred five. But oh, because you know him so well, he's Pitt. He's Pitt. Pitt to me. He's Pitt. Pitt, baby, how's it going? Pitt, how's it going? My man. All right, Pitt. So, but like, my my Twitter like is nuts. Like all these people uh-huh. liking his tweet and retweeting his tweet and like commenting and following me and just I had like I think it was like over a hundred something notifications. Yeah, dude, well, I mean, because that Broham has twenty two point two million followers. Yeah. yeah. I mean that was nuts. So that was big exposure. That that was pretty crazy. Um, yeah, I you know listen man, I reached out to him and told him what was up. So, I appreciate yeah, that. Yeah, you know yeah. I know how well you're well connected and everything. That was great. Oh yeah. Um, but other than that, it was a good talk and as a treat for the listeners, mm-hmm. or maybe it's not a treat. I mean, the, no, it's a treat. We'll, we'll leave them to decide. We did get a a pretty solid audio recording of it. We we put up a mic right there on the podium, and so we have a very solid quality audio recording of the entire talk I gave. Uh, beginning to end, and we're going to post that as bonus content for this week, so you'll nice. be able to download that as well. And you can—it's a pretty nice intro into the main ideas of the book, yeah, and sort of all the different major themes. And you can hear a bunch of stories. I talk about a bunch of the artists that we have on this podcast. I talked right. about Mary Amber, J.P. Collio, uh, those Amanda Palmer you mentioned a few yeah. times. Apparently, she had, I guess what she had a book on sale right there. She too? did the art yeah, of yeah. asking. She's yeah. a, you know one yeah. of the coolest indie artists. And there was out a there. pretty good, nice Q and A with the audience. Pretty involved audience. And I guess what also they picked up too. So it's it, it's it's a good uh, it's a good yeah. little thing. Solid, solid listen. So if you want some bonus content yeah. this week, it's coming your and, way. And I think my voice may end up on there for a few seconds. <laughs> okay, this, I had to. This was funny. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So in the beginning, I'm sort of just thanking everybody for coming yeah. to the event and everything, and I and I throw a thank you to you. I think you think you saved me for the end, which I 
Yeah, I'm not sure if that was conscious or you were forgetting. No, no, no. I know. I had it written down. I'm not going to forget a thank you. Okay, cool. I I said I thank my, you know, Dave, my podcasting partner in crime, and I expected, you know, the little like acknowledgement wave Uh head nod that everybody else gave when I thanked them, but that wasn't enough for you. Uh, No, comedy needed to happen, man. (laughs) Okay, I took my chance and I ran with it. (laughs) You tell them what you did. Oh, I I just use it as a segue just to get up and start talking. Yes, Uh, like like three seconds and started like. Plugging my book, which oh. doesn't exist. But I'm like, okay, oh no, wait, this is your thing, right? Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, uh, that, that was a funny moment. I mean, it, it was funny, and it could, and the timing couldn't have been better because I don't get nervous in front of people, really. But just because it was the first time, like talking about the book in front of that many people, I was feeling a little bit of butterflies. Mm-hmm. And the moment when you got up and just started, like, you know, breaking the tension, like when I thanked you, and you're like, oh, thank you, Ryan. Oh, yeah, it's yeah. good to be here, yeah. everybody. I I started laughing. Oh, and, good. And it good, calmed good, me down good, right good. away. Um, so yeah, that so that is going to be coming up as a separate download. We want to check that out. Uh, one more thing before Omar Velasco joins us, um, unless there's anything else about the event you want to talk about, Dave. Or um, do you think we about, about hit everything? It was a I cool. Think we event. hit everything, and uh, actually, you know, I think I'll mention it a little bit later. But we actually um, I, I, have we talked about it on this show? I'm not sure. There's a really fa- great documentary on Netflix right now called One Day Since Yesterday. Oh yes, of course. About uh, Peter, director Peter Bogdanovich, and and also just like cinema in the seventies and the early eighties, and also about his life and love and loss, and just a lot of really great themes. Fantastic film, fantastic documentary. You really learn a lot. It is very entertaining. The director of that documentary, Bill Tech. Bill Tech. What an amazing guy. He was there because. You were actually, you helped in that film. Yeah, I, I, did, I did some yeah, legal you, work on that were, documentary. You were the double for Peter Bogdanovich and a lot of the, <laughs> a lot of the car driving scenes. Um, man, that fire looked really hot. Uh, no, no. Yeah, you did some legal uh, clearances and everything. Yeah. I don't know what you knew about copyright. God. Um, <laughs> and so you end up in the credits. So, you know, he was there to support you. And I got to talk to him and you know, meet him. And fantastic guy. Yeah. You and, two got along really well. Like, you're very, you're very similar, you two. Like, you both have very encyclopedic knowledge of movies. And you have similar I, senses of humor. Yeah. It, it, was, it was an instant connection. Yeah. I got to see if maybe I can be, like, his first AD or something. He should be so lucky. That would be great. I, I'd take second. I'd, I'd take anything. I, I'd probably get, be a show. I'd do whatever. If it could get me in the movie business, Ryan, I could do it. Got to get in the pictures, kid. Oh, yeah. Oh, the, the motion picture business, Ryan. Oh, yeah. <laughs> anyway, but yeah. Uh, one day since yesterday, it's on Netflix. You should really see it. It's a really good doc. Yeah. It, and I listened to a podcast he was on, uh, Wrong Reel. Also, listen, it was really great stuff. Good guy. Good yeah. guy. Yeah. All right. So, uh, definitely a worthy plug there. Yeah, yeah. Um, before we bring in Omar, I want we to talk our, about we have this, our music uh, news. Yeah, you know, eventually we should talk about indie music at some point. So, a recent report came out uh, from the an organization called Research and Markets. Uh, I've been waiting for this report to come out for a while. It's called um, Have You Now? I have, like, because like they've been kind of because it's like this big seminal work about like what the future of the music industry looks like and what its prospects are. And so they finally finished this report. It's called Global Music Market 2016-2020. And I wanted to read this report only to find out uh-huh. that to get a copy of it costs $2,000. Are you serious? Yes. What? What? Apparently, like, yes. Yeah, so I was like, uh, download $2,000. Like, what? 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 This Does it is... say how many pages it is? I, I mean, I don't know. What? But wait, like, in what world I know, would this, this is be the worth $2,000? Cent- but it's like, I mean, like, maybe there's a lot of great info in it, but this is the 21st century. Like, like how, why does, like... This stuff's not supposed to cost money. This is information. Wait, wait, wait. Information's supposed to be free. Wait. What? Well, that's, well, that's just patently not true. 
Well, sure. Like, this is like, you know, wait, come on. When we were in college and law school, we had to buy textbooks. I know. What's that's information. Well, I know, but like your premise is false and unfounded, it, sir. It is. It is. It is both true and founded. I mean, this is this is the internet. Like the world's knowledge is available to you with clicks of the mouse. the The best encyclopedia out there is Wikipedia. Or maybe like, actually, wait. Okay, so what's the or- the organization that did this? Was this was this like an independent thing, or was this compiled by record companies, music industry people, and was this like almost I like think, an internal? I think it was like, no, it was like a third party thing type thing. Okay, so it was just so it was an outsider's view of what was going on, like a third like, yeah, a, like, a third like party market analyst got together. Okay, kind of like, like like a UBS to report or some market watch or like Merrill Lynch thing. They just they're doing it for the benefit of other people. Sure. Okay. What if it's maybe actually just one giant performance art piece? It's like, what's the future of the music industry in the next four years? Pay $2,000 for an outdated medium to find out. Do you see what they did there, Ryan? It's like a, a commentary on modern yes. consumerism. And yes. Pay $2,000, which no one will, for this report. Kind of like the music industry, which people don't want to pay the money for anymore. Wow. wow. My, my, mind blown. I, it needs to be the National Gallery. Well, what I think this report does do uh, in that, do, in do, that Do you have vein, any idea what it says? Or you, you, I do, because people have written summaries about it. Okay, and like, which you, costs $500. Yeah, exactly. Um, I, I paid $1,500 and got the summary. No, like, like there have been a lot of summaries written about the report. Mm-hmm. And what it does say in, in the vein of what you're talking about with like the music industry in trouble, like we hear it all the time. The music industry is dead. The music industry is dying. And that's sort of the common theme that we've been hearing since you mm-hmm. know, the music industry, you know, at least the recorded music industry collapsed in 2004 uh, with, you know, Napster and all that stuff. Right. But what these findings showed is that the industry is not dead and actually has rather impressive growth prospects. The, the report predicts that the music industry the global music industry will grow 5% annually over the next five years from 2016 to 2020. When you, and compare that to, you know, America's GDP, which, you know, grows an average of what, 3% a year. That's, okay. That's pretty good. And what they said is that indeed, yes, the, the old conventional models, you know, physical medium, digital downloads, those are still falling, but what's taking its place is streaming, mobile, live performances, synchronization opportunities, and those are, and the growth in those sectors is far exceeding the decline in these other sectors. And so there's still a music industry out there, and there are still opportunities to be had, which is great news for indie artists. Well, uh, pardon me. <laughs> I know you're, you're shocked by those findings. Like you were gasping, it sounds I'm, like. I'm shocked. Shocked, sir. There's gambling here. <laughs> okay. Wow. All right. Nice reference. Yeah, thank you. Um, why do people always say that the music industry is dying? They make it sound like. You know, in five years, there's going to be no music. Yeah, no more music. It's going to be gone. There's going to be a guy in the saxophone on the street, and someone's just going to punch him. <laughs> like, no, like, it is dead. Like, we don't do like, that anymore. Like You're, you're going to blow into a harmonica. Nothing's going to come out. No, it's, it's going to be like a Twilight Zone episode or something. Yeah. People will just be like trapped. <laughs> Amps will stop working all over the place. Strings will not resonate. There'll be no frequencies. It's like children of men. It's done, man. We're living in this world where it's done. Okay, game over, man. Game over. Why do people, why do people say that? It's an art form, yeah. right? It's an art form, and people will always find a way to monetize this and bring it to people as long as there's demand for yeah. it. And now the mechanisms are streaming, sync opportunities, merchandising, yeah, uh, and things like that. And so 
what it says to indie artists is if you're going to try to grow your career, and this is something we talk about a lot in the book, and you want to be uh-huh. successful, you can't do it the way it was done 10 years ago, where it's, uh, I'm going to you know spend money, make an album, put out that album, it's going to sell some copies, done. You right. know, rinse and repeat. No, you need to take advantage of these other sectors. You have to make, you have to figure out how to make it work with streaming and live performances and getting your songs in video games and movies and things like that, because that's where the money and ultimately the career success is going to be. And so it makes you evaluate what your recorded music is going to look like. Uh, Do I even try to sell my music on something like iTunes or is instead the object to make you know, listening to my music free so you can get it in front of as many people's ears as possible mm-hmm. and you can then take advantage of these other opportunities. It's going to be an exciting time these next five years, yeah. but it's not a dead industry right. by any means. No, no. What, I mean, what, what, really, what I think what Ryan is saying, what you need to do is buy, break the business, declaring your independence and achieving true success in the music industry. <laughs> and also what you need to do is listen to the Break the Business podcast. That's right. I mean, that's all you need. I love it. Yeah. I love how you still managed to turn that into a plug for the book. You're better at plugging the book than I am at plugging the book. Oh, yeah, I'm like a plug master. I don't know. <laughs> Good dismount. Yeah, okay. We got Omar Velasco <laughs> coming up next. Stick around on the Break the Business podcast. Ryan here from the podcast. Shameless plug time. My new book, Break the Business, Declaring Your Independence and Achieving True Success in the Music Industry, is now available in paperback and an ebook. The book talks about how you can be your own boss in your music career and take control of your content creation, promotion, distribution, and fundraising. Get your copy on Amazon by searching Break the Business. It's a nice read for musicians and the people who love them. That's Break the Business, Declaring Your Independence and Achieving True Success in the Music Industry. Thanks very much for your support. Welcome back to the Break the Business Podcast. He is an indie rock singer-songwriter based out of Los Angeles, California, who has worked with artists such as A Fine Frenzy and Jonathan Wilson. His current solo album is Golden Child, songs of which have been called a tantalizing oral experience by the Santa Barbara Independent. You can check out the album by visiting omarvelasco.bandcamp.com, and you can find his website at omarvelasco.com. Ladies and gentlemen, Omar Velasco is on the Break the Business Podcast. All right. Hello, Omar. Great to have you here. Hey, thanks so much for having me. Oh, very much our pleasure. We have been digging your music during the break, and it's it's cool to have a attach a voice, a talking voice to the singing voice we've been hearing this whole time. Uh, Right on, Omar. To be here. Oh, cool. Uh, You have one of the more interesting backgrounds and resumes of any artist we've had on this podcast. Can you you tell the listeners a bit about how you grew up and how it shaped your music? Sure. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I, I was born in California. I was born in L.A. and uh, Santa Monica, actually. But uh, we moved around quite a bit from the very beginning. We moved all around California and, and then down to Mexico. Spent some time down there, and um, and then uh, back to California, and and now I find myself back in L.A., which is uh, full circle, if you will. <laughs> that's, awesome. um, that's the that's the short answer to that question. Well, so did did that time sort of moving around uh, ha- has that sort of infused in your music a little bit? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um especially my time um south of south of the border just um you know speaking a different language, uh getting that perspective um that really uh 
you know, it influenced the way I hear things and uh, all the music down there. And um, yeah, it definitely, definitely influenced me a lot. So uh, in addition to your background, uh, one of the things in your bio that really makes me smile are the artists that you've collaborated with throughout your career, including a frying frenzy. And I adore her by the way. Um, oh, great. Uh, but, uh, and, but now you've also, but now at this point you've decided to release a solo project using platforms like SoundCloud and Bandcamp. What motivated you to right. take that path? Uh, did you feel that there was something unique that you wanted to get out there? Well, to be honest, um, I've been making music. I've been writing songs for, for quite a while. Um, I started probably, you know, at the end of high school, started writing songs. And um, so, so yeah, I, you know, playing with, with uh, Allison from A Fine Frenzy and with Jonathan and with all these other people um, was a tremendous experience. I learned a lot. But I was always writing in the meantime um, my own stuff. And um, so I just felt like it was, it was time for, for that to come out into the world and um, so there wasn't like a big shift for me. It was just, uh, just, a you know, something that I'd always, that, that had been the main attra- attraction, um, in music in the first place was writing songs and singing them and, um, recording them. So, so yeah, it was pretty natural to just take that step. Um, oh, absolutely. Um, and I know you're based out of the you know LA area. That's an amazing music scene over in LA. Um, every time I go there, I love just basically walking into any music venue and being thoroughly entertained. And I imagine a lot of the folks who are listening right now are indie artists who are trying to make it in that LA music scene. Uh, do you have any sort of advice for them on how, uh, how you, how you can sort of make yourself known and uh, achieve a lot in that market? <laughs> well, um, that's a good question. Um, I think most people are still trying to figure it out because LA is, um, <laughs> Yeah, I mean it's it's a fantastic city, and there's so much going on that a lot of a lot of artists can get sort of lost in the shuffle. Not because they're not good, but precisely because there are so many, so many, so many good ones. Um, so there's stuff happening all the time, and it's uh, uh, you know saturated. So I would say, um, you know. It's, uh, it's, it's important to, to always do the music that, um, that you love. I mean, that's, the, that's number one. So I, I feel like if you do that, it sort of leads you to, um, to the people and to the sort of environments that will support that music. And um, so in a, in a large city like L.A., uh, you know, I would say if you're first get, getting started, it's important to play, obviously, a lot. Play out. Play wherever, wherever you can. You, play wherever you can. Um, play where. Play at places that make you feel um, good. Because the other thing that can happen is if you you stretch yourself out too thin and and you sort of lose steam. So uh, soon you'll find like the places that you really dig, and then I'd say just do those, and then. Once you start getting a little thing going, then um, be a little more selective because uh, nobody wants to go see, you know, the same show like, you know, every other day. That's not going to happen. So, um, yeah, just, yeah, that would be my advice. 
that's cool. Actually, it's funny, Ryan. Um, I think I remember I told you I actually spoke with a band, one of the bands I saw like a few months ago, uh, actually from Whittier, California, like just outside of LA. Ah, yeah. Um, sure. It's metal band Ex Mortis, and I was actually kind of talking huh. to them after their show, talking about the, you know the LA music scene and how they said you know it's you know obviously yeah there's the heck of a lot of choices, so it can actually be some sort of fragmented. Do you notice that? Mm-hmm. I mean, once you gain an audience, like is your audience pretty much following you? Are you getting new people in the door? I mean, how do you find the the actual scene out there in terms of getting people like new people? Yeah, well, um, <laughs> I, I, you know, I think, I think uh, to a to a degree, you know, there's the, the social media aspect, and when something is sort of like um, an event, you know, there's a certain buzz that happens and that attracts people that are just you know looking for something to do. Um, but I would say that still to this day, you know, especially at the beginning, you know, intermediary level, it's like word of mouth, you know, if, if somebody hears that a band is really, really happening and really do doing something special, that'll get around. And then, and then people come and, and check it out for themselves. Right. Cool. Cool. So, so that, that, that's why it's important to get out and play in the first place so that you can um, hopefully have that reaction. Right. Yeah. And I think that's one of the things, Ryan, we've always tried to, you know, get out there. Like, you know, you actually got to go out and put the legwork in and throw yourself well, in front of the audience. Yeah. Hustle. But yeah, because, because not only uh, is it um, the chance to make a connection, it's also um, the only way that you're going to truly improve your live show because there's no replacing that you know you can't really rehearse that part right you got to do it yeah yeah and uh, now you know uh we might have some uh, indie artists out there who are currently performing performing in groups you know playing with other uh musicians but you know they might feel compelled to actually want to go out solo and put out their own records uh, do you have any mm-hmm. advice for them on how to navigate that change and how exactly to go about yeah. that i imagine there's like a lot of ego soothing involved i sort of have this like uh image dave of our friend Omar, like sitting down with Allison Sudol of a fine <laughs> frenzy uh-huh. and like, you know, him just being like, look, I got, I got to go out on my own. And then she's sobbing and like, he's like trying to be like, no, <laughs> trust me. Like, you know, this isn't forever. I'll, you know, we'll, I'll come yeah. back. <laughs> but, but, but then it takes a dark turn. It's like, yeah. you'll never do anything without me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're nothing without the frenzy, yeah. Velasco. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> how did you guys know? That's exactly how it went. God. <laughs> that, oh God. It's, it went so dark so fast. Yeah. Man, she's so vindictive. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I couldn't believe it. She was so sweet and all of a sudden Yeah. They all turned. Yeah. But um, yeah, but no, sorry no. about that. We interrupted the good question with the joke. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, the truth is that, you know, um in my my situation, um, the people I've worked with have always been very supportive, you know. And um with with Ali, um, we actually started writing together in uh we we made some music together, wrote some songs. So she always knew what I was doing and what I want, wanted to do. And uh, same thing goes for for Jonathan. Uh, you, you know, I was very clear about my intentions um, from the from the beginning. So I think you know, on the on the surface, it may appear as though I I was kind of you know, trying different things and, and just, you know, being a, a guitar player. And and that's certainly the case. But in, in the background for me, 
like that was always my intention was um, to write my own music and sing it. So um, I think if you're working with people that um, know you and that um, know what you're you're doing and you're clear about it, they'll be supportive and that you just you just do it. I mean, there's no there's no fancy magical thing. You just you just make yourself uh, give yourself a deadline and and you do it. Well, and then it's done. <laughs> speaking of the songwriting process, I can think of no better yeah. segue to getting folks to find out the fruits of your songwriting <laughs> process. Um, we have a song uh, queued up from your album. Um, oh, great. Yeah, uh, uh, you know, Golden Child. I'm so excited uh, to play this. This is Great Big House coming up right now on the Break the Business podcast.
The song is Great Big House, the album Golden Child by Omar Velasco. And you can find that album on omarvelasco.bandcamp.com. Omar, thanks so much for letting us play that. That was great. Oh, thank you guys. Yeah, yeah I appreciate it. Yeah, that was really good classical guitar playing. Right? I Ryan, know. That, that was great. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. It's nice for somebody to bring yeah. that instrument back. All right. <laughs> Makes me feel like a yeah, schmuck. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. Oh, no, I was going to say that that's, um, that's actually how how I got started um, was with that with that guitar. And actually, that guitar that's on that recording is my first guitar. Nice. Cool. My very first guitar. So I, I kept my, it. All those kids. Make my first guitar was a classical guitar, too. Like, that's how I learned uh, when I was yeah. in high school. <laughs> that's well, funny. Mine was a LTD Kirk Hammett signature <laughs> electric, and my... I, I bought a I bought a classical nylon actually a few months ago, and uh, I got I got to keep up with it. Obviously, I'm busy well, see, at work. Th- that just means you didn't have to learn in public school. <laughs> no, I didn't. Because no. like public school is not going to give you the Kirk Hammett electric guitar. They're going to yeah. give you, you know, the thirty five dollar Yamaha nylon string, you know, that has like forty five <laughs> holes in it and <laughs> cracked down the middle. Um, but th- that was terrific. Uh, love hearing that kind of music. Uh, if people are interested in you, and I imagine they are after hearing that, how can they find you on social media? Well, uh, let's see. Um, you know, my website, omarvelasco.com, is um, a Facebook page, Omar Velasco. You can find me on there. You can find me um, on the, let's see, the Twitter and, and those kind of things, Omarvelous. O-M-A-R-V-E-L-U-S. All right, cool. <laughs> I like yeah. that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, and actually, uh, Omar, just before we go, I, I, I read, I was re- doing deep reading on your bio. It says you got also got a Yiddish background. We, I, we should have asked That's this right. earlier. Well, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, on my father's side, um, his, his grandmother came over from uh, Latvia uh, and... There's also some Polish in there, so nice, cool. So yeah. So do you have a favorite? Yeah. Do you have a favorite Yiddish word that you like to throw out every once in a while? Oh man, no, no. I. <laughs> oh really? Because for me, I, I like just, I like throwing around schmuck every now and then. That's a know? good one. Yeah. yeah. Well, Solid. well, to be yeah, I mean schlep. That's a good one. Yeah, there we yeah, go. Right? Yeah. And if anyone asks you like. Omar Velasco, why are you talking Yiddish? You can be like, hey, man, screw you. Yeah, All right, right. I got this on my dad's side. <laughs> I got, like, I got my the grandmother. background. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Screw you. I could. Uh, <laughs> right. yeah, I, I got the Slavic in there. Get, get away from me, yeah, you freaking uh, Schmendrick. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Sure. Oh. I'll, I'll remember that for, for next time somebody accuses me wrongly. It's oh, fun. yeah, yeah. It's, it's fun to pull out. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's been a treat, Omar. Before we let you go, uh, we yeah. love to ask every artist this that comes on. Uh, do you have any parting tips or tricks that you want to share with the indie artists that are listening out there music is a um very important form of uh communicating that we all need very much and the love and dedication that you give to it um shows up so keep doing that and keep following that and i think i think you'll be all right it's worked out for me so far so that would be my my tip. I love that. Uh, in the nice, end, yeah. everything that you do, whether it's working hard, going to gigs, doing great things on social media, whatever, whatever you have to do to move your career forward, it all has to be based in a passion for the music, and you don't want to lose that. He's absolutely right. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah, oh, you, that's awesome. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, I was just saying, I was just saying, thanks very much for joining us. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, 
All right. We'll right be, on. Well, thanks for having me, guys. Right on, indeed. Uh, we'll be right back on the Break the Business podcast. Ryan here from the podcast. If you like the show, be sure to rate and review us on iTunes. If you want to reach out to us, shoot us an email at breakthebusiness at gmail.com. You can also follow me on Twitter at Ryan K-A-I-R. Thanks for listening. Welcome back, everybody. Our thanks to Omar Velasco for joining us in the previous segment. You should get his album, Golden Child, and check out more of his music at omarvelasco, all one word, dot bandcamp.com. Dave, let me ask you something. Please. And granted, I know that this isn't like a huge area of expertise for you, but it's something you know better than me because my expertise in this area is zero. And so I'm just deferring to somebody who's even just a little bit more knowledgeable. Uh I need to talk to you about Pokemon. I'm an expert? Well, I didn't say you were. I mean, what what part of all my pre-language made you believe that I was saying, hey, you're the oracle of Pokemon? I kind of tuned out for a second. But go, hey, you do that to me all the time. You do that to me all the time. What I'm saying is that, all right, Okay, okay, in maybe eighth grade or like early in high school, I I got Pokemon Silver for my Game Boy Color. Okay. Which, coincidentally, I found last week in the garage in a bunch of boxes. Yeah. My Game Boy Color that I probably hadn't played in like 12 years. I turned it on. It works. Wow. The batteries. Go Nintendo. The batteries are the same freaking batteries from then. None of that leaking acid, you know, like when it gets all white and crusty and you can't take them out. The thing works like a charm. Miyamoto, nice job. Yeah. They don't make stuff like that anymore. That's so true enough. I, so I, I did actually, I put in Pokemon Silver. This old save game I had was gone. I turned it on to just, just start it up and see what it is. And I forgot there's so much reading in it and text-based stuff in the beginning, and it's so slow. I'm like, I'm, I don't have time for this. <laughs> Buy Pokemon Silver. Oh, but so, but yeah, you got a little bit of this Pokemon on your resume. Did you ever watch the TV show or anything like that? Uh, oh, on the WB? Kids yeah. WB, yeah, dude. Okay, so... All yeah. the time. So yeah, Compare that to me who it. just, like... I, I was more like Voltron Power Rangers when I was growing up. So, like, different, different, different like... But remember, those are different... But those are sort of different time periods. Remember, because Pokemon came out when we were in middle school. Like late nineties, it was like ninety seven, ninety eight when everyone was playing red and blue. Yeah, yeah. And then we and, and remember even like they would always make announcements like stop playing Pokemon. Yeah, no, I do remember that, that. and also think the cards too. Yeah, I, re- I remember the, our our middle school always got really upset when the fad of the month would happen by like yo yos. Yeah. It was yo yos. It was like the snappy wrist bracelet thingies. Yeah, that you just snap on your wrist. And whatever it was, like, the administration would always, like, come down way too hard on it yeah. instead of just letting it run its course like it would. Yeah. But anyway, the reason why I defer to you because— Mr. Paget wasn't that the disciplinary guy? That's right. Wow. Okay. Nice, nice, way, to, way to dig that one up. Yeah. Okay. So, Pokemon is, like, all over the place now. Yeah! To the point where, like, <laughs> this is a weird time for Facebook— like, we usually get, like, you know, in this part of the show, we, we talk pop culture mostly. And I get most of my pop culture from Facebook. But Facebook has not been helpful this week because my Facebook news feed is nothing but cops shooting people <laughs> and Pokemon Go. Like, that's all I'm getting. And so, like, what is, like, what's what's this Pokemon Go thing? Why are people going nuts about this? So, okay, so you're like, well, we can only talk about one of these things. Which one are we going to talk about? <laughs> that's right. Pokemon Go. Okay. That's right, yes. So, yeah, because I was, like, also, like, what the heck is this? And it's, okay, I guess it's interesting. 
It's an app for the phone now. Yeah, it's not like a Game Boy game or anything like no, that. No, no, no. And it's what it's like you actually play through the camera of your screen. So once again, creating the problem that people live through live their life through their phone. We were talking about how they record concerts now. Yeah. Instead of looking at the damn thing while they're there, they're looking at it through the phone. This doesn't solve that problem. Yeah, it's just steering right into the wind, basically. Yeah. And it's basically like Pokemon show up in your world map, and like the map of the world that you're in is the map. Yeah. And like and you, you find Pokemon just like like finding them in your camera, like somewhere in like as you're walking around. Yeah, and I guess you, you catch them. No, but I don't. Yeah, I don't understand the mechanism of it. I don't have it because I can't see myself playing this damn thing or doing the time. You know, you and I are both working professionals. Yeah. And frankly, I don't want to. I'm, I'm not. I don't like the idea of just walking around downtown Miami trying to cross US one with like a phone in yeah, your face. Yeah, my face like oh, uh-huh, this. Oh, oh, there you are, Squirtle. Come here, you little. Yeah. Well, I've been reading articles that are saying that apparently it's starting like a whole new fitness craze. Like, you know, every generation we always lament that like it seems like kids are getting fatter and fatter and, you know, not going outside, you know, staying home more and more. Mm -hmm. But apparently now, like, you know, kids are walking around like people are burning calories like it's it's a golden age and all in the name of Pokemon, all in the name of Pokemon. And apparently like it's like having mental health benefits, like people who are saying that they were agoraphobic or had social anxiety, like they're saying this game gets them out of the house and they're and they're doing stuff and it's like good for them. Like, well, except for the guys that people that are like they're throwing their meds down the sink because, you know, it's like, oh, I haven't been seeing things. It's just been Pokemon the whole time. <laughs> but actually, it's funny you mentioned that. I was looking at some of the reviews on iTunes. Oh my god! I, oh yeah, these are. It, I, I did read these. These and are funny. You were mentioning like the out the outdoorsiness of it all, which again is kind of insane. So I found uh, here. I found a five star review. Oh, this guy loved it. Titled "People Need to Relax." And by the way, folks, I will be adding emphasis <laughs> where I think in order to uh, dramatically. It was like a dramatic reading of an iTunes review of yes. Pokemon Go. I'm yes. excited yes. for this. And this was actually from yesterday. Okay. So, um, all right. I've always been active. I've played many sports. I go to the gym weightlifting type. Oh, yeah. And I swim and run often. I must say that this game is revolutionary. <laughs> It got my friend and me outside and walking crazy distances around town. Love the effect it's having, bro. Bro added by me. I was about to say. <laughs> I don't know if that was the primary reason for making the game, but it sure is getting people outside for once. Regarding the issues, bugs, etc., people need to understand the circumstances, okay? <laughs> I added, okay. I have, pro- <laughs> I have programming experience. Oh, this guy. Therefore, I know how hard it is to make a game that runs consistently without bugs. It's the first version of the game, and people are expecting it to be 100% fully operational like the traditional games. Screw you. I added that, too. <laughs> you all need to understand how much effort it takes to create an app like this. This has to be the best first version of an app that I've seen. Yeah, there are issues with the server and some things are slow and whatnot, but consider that they somehow created all those gyms and stops. What have you done with your life? Wait, really? Is that, that wasn't added by you? I think now I'm just going to leave it up to the audience to decide. <laughs> <laughs> Whether physically going to these places or electronically getting the location and creating them, the staff spent a lot of time working on them. Not to mention the landscape and how they got the, how they got the houses, grass, woods, and bodies of water on the map. So, so can you inexperienced inpatient whoa entitled whoa gotta have it now players just relax and appreciate what you have can you you sons of bitches can't please anybody these days 
five out of five for an amazing first version app. Hats off to you guys. Was the hats off? Can you tell me if that was in there? That was in there. Wow. Yeah. All right. Great job, so, sir. So it's it's like super, but like so it's buggy, like as as many apps are when they roll out. And this sounds pretty ambitious if the game play is literally taking place all over the world. Well, that was a yeah yeah so that was a five star review. I've got a one star review right okay, here. Okay, so somebody was not happy with the bugs of this yeah, game. Yeah, titled "Not Pokemon." Oh. Most people are probably complaining about the servers and game crashes, but that is to be expected with every major launch where millions of people download and attempt to play the game all at once. My problem is with the actual gameplay itself. It's not a Pokemon game. Period. <laughs> I remember when I got my first Pokemon game ever. I was 10 years old and couldn't wait to unwrap Pokemon Red. Pick Charmander and start my adventure. You piles of crap. <laughs> That's not in there. <laughs> and the adventure was great. But do you know what made that adventure great? Battles. What is that you said? Battles. B A Tattles. It's not. It's becoming more and more clear when you're, uh, you know, adding your own rhetorical flourishes to these. I think it adds something nice. It's a spice. <laughs> Capturing, training, leveling up, and evolving your Pokemon was the whole point of the game. That was always the point of Pokemon, Ryan. <laughs> He's talking to me now? He knows. He knows. Damn. You can see the future. He's a Highlander also. <laughs> You don't do any of that in this game. You mindlessly flick balls at Pokemon to capture them, feed them candy to level up, which is obtained solely through mindlessly capturing them. In other words, the game is similar to the Facebook basketball game. I Full disclosure, I have no uh, idea what that this is. This is a Facebook basketball game. <laughs> Apparently. You just try to throw a ball through the hoop. That is, that is basketball. Yeah, job, like, I mean, this reviewer is, is really uh, heads up with uh, basketball. <laughs> dude, knows his, dude knows his round yeah. ball. And don't even get me started on gimes. Gime? What's a gime? Oh, a gime. Only like two people are going to get that show. <laughs> it hasn't happened yet, but eventually the gyms will all consist of elite tier <laughs> players who are impossible to beat. They basically developed an AR freemium game and slapped the Pokemon skins and names on it. The AR is brilliant, but I didn't want an AR game, Ryan. Do you know what I wanted? I think I'm going to say he wanted a Pokemon game. I wanted an AR Pokemon game. Oh, there it is. This isn't Pokemon. How dare you? He sounds a lot like the first reviewer. Like They have very different things that they're saying, but it's like similar voices. I have a feeling their friendship probably ended over this. I bet, yeah. But I just love that. I didn't want an AR game. I wanted an AR Pokemon game. So the, the, There's a difference. The, so the Pokemon purists maybe aren't loving this? I guess not. I, <laughs> By the way, Pokemon purists are basically our age guys. Well, I mean, I like to... I, I, I go jogging every day. Like, is this something I can we get, get into? We get it. We get it. You're I'm fit. Just, I, well, <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean... Yeah, you see, you see the pictures of me at the uh, at the book event on Facebook. You, you'd be your own judge, but hey, you're spelt. <laughs> but I mean, like, couldn't I make this like part of my fitness routine? Like, I, I, I kind of want. There's a small part of me that, even though I don't really understand what the game is fully, and I've never done anything Pokemon before, I kind of want to do this with you, because I assume that it's just about like catching Pokemon. And I want to see which of us can catch the most. Yeah, maybe we can make it a podcast thing. But if like if I'm in an office all day and you're in an office all day, what 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 when? Maybe like Squirtle will show up in in your break room or something. 
I'm not gonna. That is Pokemon. a Pokemon name, right? Yes. Okay. I that was, it was like one Squirtle the, or Squaddle. No, no, no. Well, Squirtle in the red and blue version, you had the choice of picking the, th- the three ones. It was Charmander, the fire one, Squirtle, the water one, and Bulbasaur, the plant one. Okay. Yeah. So I'm just letting you know. <laughs> Good to know. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Man. Anyway, I'm gonna see if I can talk you into it at some point because I think it might be a fun podcast thing to do. But we'll see. Um, before <laughs> we uh, we finish up for today. You know, I, I had a nice author event this week. Uh-huh. You know, it was cool to sign books. I, like, I felt like a real I like in the first segment, the first time. I, I like in the first segment, it was we had an event. Now you back to I. Well, because I'm, I'm framing this. So this is framing, Dave. Ooh, um, framing. And it's possible, or at least as you indicated to me, it's it's evident that maybe all of that might have boosted my ego a bit and is making me feel good about myself. And so I'm seeing on the game board or on the uh, not the game board, the uh, the. The, the show board. The show board that there is a game that we can always play that always ruins my happiness and my optimism. And so that's what we're going to play right now. Now it's time for Dave's as yet untitled game show here on the Break the Business podcast. Here's Dave. Thanks, Dave. Are we ever going to come up with a name for your as yet untitled game show? It has now been almost a year. Yeah. And what's what's your point? Like, can't, I mean, like, look, it's a before and after style game show where I have to, like, you know, put before and after in, like, movies, like the way they do in Wheel of Fortune or Jeopardy. Why can't we just call it Days Before and After Game? That seems reasonable. Well, that's just so on the nose. That's dumb. Whoever heard of a Days Before and After Game? Well, that's, but nobody has. That's why it's a good name. Well, but no one's ever heard of Days As Yet Untitled Game Show. No, people have heard of it. They know it. They love it. They want it. <laughs> they demand it. All right. Um, we haven't done this in so long. I know. I'm out of practice. I'm rusty, but I always lose. And so it might be just what I need to put my You've you know, won my one. You won in- our ba- way back in December, our special Star Wars uh, show edition. That was a fun one. <laughs> Remember uh, Nash Bridges? Oh, yes. That's <laughs> go, go back and listen to that one, everybody. That, that, that was a fun. good one. Yeah. So if I get them right, I hear this. And if I get them wrong, uh-huh. I hear this. Wrong! Yes. Which is only funny for the people who are super SNL fans and know of that one episode where There's Dana Carvey does the McLaughlin group. Mm-hmm. And the way he says wrong sounds like when Dave does this. Wrong! Yes. Okay. Anyway, okay. so here we go. All right. So I just have to remember how this works. That's right. I, I give you the clues. And then I get it and wrong. You, it, oh, that's true. Yeah, that is that's how, it works. how it works. Okay, good. It's we're very the, simple game. We're on the same page. <laughs> okay, we're on the same page. Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, da, 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 da. Wait, uh, this is the stupid phone already scrolled up. All right. Ryan. Yeah. People keep asking him if he's back. And he's thinking, yeah, yub, yub. <laughs> yub, yub. Yub, yub. Oh, wait. Okay, I mean, uh, the first half of this is John Wick. Um, because it's, you know, you know, people keep asking if I'm back. I'm really looking forward to that sequel, by the way. That was a great movie. That was, we saw that, dude. Okay, wait. That was a great movie. I think I know what you're doing here, which is sort of like, you're, you're kind of screwing with the game again, if I'm right. I don't I, screw with the game. It's my game. I do what I want. But it's, you're not supposed to, like, change the clue. <laughs> Look, I, I'm pretty sure, like, Yub Yub is Ewok, so is the answer John Ewok? No. What? Am I wrong? Isn't Yub Yub what the Ewoks say? I mean, I'm amazed that your paltry little puny brain has gotten that far. Because yes, but dude, it's John Wick, meaning Wick is the the continuation. So the answer is John Wicket W. Warwick. 
That's the first Ewok that Leia meets on in on Endor, Return of the Jedi. Oh, what? That's the maiden little Ewok dude, played by Warwick Davis. So that's why they called him Wicket W. Warwick. Wrong. The Ewoks had names on Star Wars. Oh, that one did. His name was Wicket. Wicket W. Warwick, because the actor Warwick Davis, who then also, you know, was then uh, Professor, um, um, oh God, the Charms Professor in Harry Potter. Wait, 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 wait. The e- like, the, the, like, we're not talking about the ki- like the actor. The Ewok had a name in yes. Return of the Jedi? Yes. No, it did not. Yes, it did. Okay, did anybody... I will bet you your house. I'd rather not. Uh. <laughs> Although, if you want to take over the mortgage, that's... No, 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 no. I get the house. You keep the mortgage. Okay, got it. I don't want to take away from your credit rating. <laughs> So, but like you're telling me in Return of the Jedi, there's a, there's a part where like one of the characters like calls over to one of the Ewoks. Hey, oh, no, 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 no. It's, it's, it's just something that the fans know. What? It's, it's part of the culture. Get the hell out of here. Like if no, if none of the characters call the Ewok by the name, then the Ewok doesn't have a name. Moving on to the next question. You were wrong. The first one. That's so stupid. You're stupid. <laughs> Touche. <laughs> Oh, for one. All right. Aha. <laughs> okay. 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 All right. Don't turn off, folks. It's fun. <laughs> Team up with this father daughter. Wait. <laughs> All right. Come on. Team up with this father daughter group of con artists as they make their way through the depression, all the while avoiding the menacing Jaws, who now has a love interest. What? Is there two or three answers here? It's the usual two. Wow. It seemed like there was a lot going on there. All right, let me hear it again. Team up with this father-daughter group of con artists as they make their way through the depression, all the while avoiding the menacing Jaws, who now has a love interest. Jaws had a love interest? Is that that like the plot of Jaws 2 and it just got like really weird, different from Jaws 1? Uh (laughs) What? <laughs> What's so funny? Nothing, just give me your answer. I don't have an answer. Um, I have no idea. Wrong. Paper Moonraker. Oh, that Jaws. <laughs> you thought it James was the Bond. shark. <laughs> yes, I thought the shark had a love interest. <laughs> like, I never saw Jaws after the first Jaws movie. Like, I never saw the second one or the third one. So, like, I didn't know what Jaws was doing after that. Like, Maybe he fell in love. Like, the score goes from John Williams. Whatever. The shark had a love That's interest. Right. That's what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> Sheila. I love you. I brought you this surfer over here. <laughs> oh, Joss, you shouldn't have. I think we're going to need a bigger wedding ring, Joss. <laughs> <laughs> you thought it was the shark. I didn't think it was the it. shark. <laughs> we got to pitch Steven Spielberg that movie. <laughs> or Michael Caine. No, Michael Caine was in the fourth one, right? Yeah. They had. There were four Jawses? I think it was Jaws of Revenge. Yeah. And Michael Caine was it? a god? He'll be in anything. No, because apparently yeah, there was a bloodline of sharks that just then hunted down the Brody family. <laughs> good to know. All right. Yeah. So well, I think it moved not, inland. I don't know. Not a good start. Inauspicious start. Okay. 0 for 2. Yeah. Just how I like it. These are really hard. Paper Moon Raker. Paper Moon with uh, Ryan O'Neill, Tatum O'Neill. She won the Oscar for that. Remember? It was in black and white. But it was in the 70s. Anyway. <laughs> 
The accidental mix-up of four identical plaid overnight bags leads to a series of increasingly wild and wacky situations, especially when this fish out of waters when this fish out of water medicine man comes to town. Okay, let me hear it again. The accidental mix-up of four identical plaid overnight bags leads to a series of increasingly wild and wacky situations, especially when this fish out of water medicine man comes to town. Oh, the hijinks. I just added that last one for funniness. Okay, medicine man comes to town. Oh wait, the four duffel bags. That's a uh, that's that's one of the Bogdanovich movies, isn't it? Like, uh, I don't know. like, is they all laugh the one with the with the with the duffel bags? Um, or or was it or was it what's up, Doc? Oh God, Bill Tech's gonna get so mad at me that I can't remember which of the because like it was in his documentary. That we talked about in the first segment. Oh, cr- okay. Let me let me hear the second half again. I, I just I want to read you. The, I, I'm trying to read right. you the thing. You I, you always ask for halves. I'm just gonna give you the whole damn thing. Okay, fine. The accidental mix-up of four identical plaid overnight bags leads to a series of increasingly wild and wacky situations, especially when this fish out of water medicine man comes to town. Fish out of water medicine man comes to t- they all. So it's probably not. It's probably. What's up, Doc? What's up, Doc? Something. What's up? Uh, This is going to be so wrong, but... uh, Just give me an answer, please. What's up, Doc Hollywood? Yes! Really? Yes! Oh! Cool! Yeah! I didn't think you were going to get it. Sorry for screaming loud there, folks. Doc Uh, Hollywood was about a medicine man? It was Michael J. Fox as a doctor going to that small town. And being oh, a doctor. Oh, but I mean, okay, look, man. What would Doc Hollywood be about? No, <laughs> medicine man. I didn't want to say doctor. I know, but what, you understand, like the the, the term medicine man does oh, you not were connote thinking... a licensed physician. It it's like it's it's somebody curing you with like some random green liquid that they like pour into a cup made of tree bark. You were what like thinking like Pocahontas or something? Yes. Okay. Well. As was everybody. I don't know. I was so surprised you got that. Also, the whole "What's up, Doc?" thing. I I, I didn't know you were going to get that. But yes, by the way, Paper Moon and "What's up, Doc?" Both yeah, Peter both Bogdanovich, Bogdanovich movies. movies. And if you want to learn about Peter Bogdanovich, see One Day Since Yesterday, directed by Bill Tech on Netflix now. Bill, I expect the check. <laughs> so random. Mm-hmm. All right, all right. Last one, Ryan. You're Ooh. one. You're you're one for two. So if you get this, Ryan, you'll be five hundred. Yeah, we'll take it. You'll be just. Average. Yeah. You'll be you. Ooh. Damn. All right. I haven't been mean to you on the show in a while. I know. I kind of like you. Yeah, this like. See, the people. Remember that's how the show kind of started. The that people the who got into this show recently, like, don't know this. But if you go back and listen to like the first 25 episodes, like, you were really mean to me. I was kind of putting on a character, though. Well, I, I mean, I, I, I know, but like, I, I kind of liked the like, last two months. It's like, oh, Dave's just being my buddy. Okay, and I yeah. Like, nope, right back to being a jerk. <sighs> then you're really not going to like this one. Oh, great. But one of your coworkers is. Is it something stupid, Fred McMurray related? Ryan. Yeah. Fred McMurray no! and his and his bride Claudette Colbert try to do the try to do the grand. What? <laughs> I think I copied this wrong. Fred McMurray and his bride, Claudette Colbert, try to do a vacation to the Grand Canyon with her three brats from another marriage. And guess what, Ryan? A Manhattan career woman tries to resist Fred McMurray, who wants her to be his wife. Wrong! 
You're not even going to try? No. This is fascinating, by the way. This may be the most interesting movie fact in history. It was two Fred McMurray movies, Ryan, that happened to begin and end with the same word. Family Honeymoon in Bali. Fred McMurray did a movie that ended in Honeymoon and started... It was in a movie that started with the word Honeymoon. And you know why he did? Because, like, you know, sometime, like, 50 or 60 years ago, Fred McMurray was like, someday... There's going to be a podcast, and there's going to be a guy on that podcast who really likes to make his co-host miserable by playing games involving my movies. And so I need to do these two movies so that he can ruin his friend's life. By the way, I think it's like 70 years, actually, if you want to go get more technical. It's actually older than that. But I'm surprised you didn't know that, Ryan. So you are one for three, which means in the grand scheme of things, you are... Come on. Wrong! Thank you. That, we haven't done that in a while. That was so much fun. I forgot how much I enjoyed that. Did you enjoy it, Ryan? I don't think I did not. Do you think the listeners enjoy... Like, I think they like... I feel like we've had this argument before. The listeners like to actually be able to play along. And when you just make them a bunch of obscure Fred McMurray references just to make me angry, you deprive the listeners of that opportunity. I don't know. Oh, I love you, buddy. Our thanks I to you Omar Velasco for joining us. Uh, my thanks to you as always, Dave. Thanks to everybody who came out to the Books and Books event. Oh, yeah. That was so much fun. The next one, you, you got to come out to the next one whenever it's going to be. Yeah. I, 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 I would, would love hope. to do that again. Yeah. We, we got to get you all around town. We got to get you around the country. Yeah. That'd be great. That would that'd be, be cool. That'd be great. I'm going to bring you along with me and then you can, you know. Dude. Because people want to meet you. I, I know. We can write that off. We'll, we'll take... We'll take the podcast on tour. Yeah. And, you know, we'll do live podcasts. I'll talk yeah. about the book. It'd be fun. Let's make that happen. Dude, let's do it. Or, are you promising to do it right now? I don't know. Like, people would have to actually want to hear it. I'm sure they will. All right. I think, it's, I think we're done with the show right now. Yes, indeed. We'll see you next week <laughs> on The Break, the business podcast. Bye. Bye.